0: If you found 2 Kings chapter number 4, I just want to share a few thoughts with us. I know we could take the time, and I know one did, looking at uh, the matter of Elizabeth um, being a spiritual mom, an example in the Scriptures. I want to come back, and we're not giving this lady's name to 2 Kings chapter number 4, and look at a spiritual heart of a mom, and uh, we could look at several things. I'm just going to mention a couple things. But in 2 Kings chapter 4, we have the great account at the beginning here of a lady that exercises great faith in what was told to her to be able to pay off some debt that she had and uh, followed the instructions of pouring out the oil. You can read down through there, then told to sell the oil, and be able to pay off the debt, and uh, we're thankful for this miracle that took place here with Elisha. But then we have recorded, starting in verse number 8, That we have a little chamber that's been made here as Elisha's passing by. And uh, one of the first mentions, and we call them today, we call them a prophet's chamber. If you go into different churches, then sometimes they'll have what they call a prophet's chamber. And it's taken out of Second Kings chapter number four that this lady in the house um, had this burden for when Elisha was coming through, she told her husband, She said, Let's make a little room for the man of God. That when he's coming, he can turn in and it and it has a bed and it has a stand and it has a candle and he can rest. And uh, so some places I've been in, they call it a prophet's chamber. They call it Elisha's room. They'll give that name to it, but that's where it's taken from here. And uh, But then it was mentioned to Elisha about this couple, about doing something special for them. And Elisha asked, okay, I want to do something. And uh, so they were trying for a child. They had no children. And so Elisha said in verse number 16, "...about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son." Can you imagine ladies just being called in, and that's what the man of God greets you with, and starts the conversation that way. And and so you're going to be embracing a son and have one. And uh, verse 16, "...and she said, "'Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid.'" And the woman conceived, wasn't a lie, and bear a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. So I'm setting this context of scripture. Here's this couple that had no children, and Elisha steps out by faith and says, At this time, you're going to be embracing a son, even called out the gender of the baby that was going to be born. They rejoice, she conceives, they bear a son. And then several years take place between verse 17 and 18. And the Bible says in verse number 18, And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. So something's wrong. He's got a headache, it could be heat stroke, it could be several things. He just starts saying to his dad, my head, my head, and just like any father, what's the response? Carry him to his mother. That's what the scriptures say in verse number 19. Take him home, carry him to his mother. How many dads are just like that? Well, you're complaining, your head hurt, go see your mother. I'm in the field working. We're out here trying to bring the harvest in. We're out here as the reapers. Go home. Send him to his mother. Well, I want you to see this because it gets a little bit more serious. Verse number 20. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. Sad verse, isn't it? Next verse. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. She called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath, and she said, look at this phrase, it shall be well. Now I want us to jump down because she takes off, she actually tells the servant there in verse number 24, drive and go forward, slack not thy riding for me, (laughs) except I bid thee. In other words, you better get there. Don't worry about me, I'll tell you to slow down if we need to. He shows up, look what it says, they see her coming, the man of God, and he said unto Gehazi, his servant, verse 25, Behold yonder is that Shunammite, run now I pray thee to meet her and say unto thee, is it well with thee, is it well with thy husband, is it well with the child? And she answered, what's these three words? it is well now can i remind you that her husband i mean is out in the field working her son is laying at home on the man of god's bed in this prophet's chamber dead she tells her husband before she takes off it shall be well when she shows up and sees the man of god And the question is asked, is all well? She says, it is well. And I want to encourage us on the heart of a mother, if I can encourage with one thing. Now, we could take much time to be able to dig down through here. But I thought this, and it's not just a follow-up from this morning. It's not just a continuation of the message. But I thought, you know, what would make a successful, I should say spiritually successful mother today. It's nothing special, and can I say this, that that in case you think I'm going a different direction, it's not just about the man of God in this story. It's not about, and I'm not going to give you a message that you need to make sure that your children are around the man of God, even though that's a great thing. We have great men of God here at Granite State Baptist Church, and I believe you ought to teach your children to respect and to look up to and to listen and receive counsel from men of God in their life. I believe that ought to be. I believe the man of God ought to be in the position to be an example can I say that it's not that all is well because she's in the presence of the man of God. What takes place here is he actually sends Gehazi back there with his staff and says, here, believing in so much in the power of God. He said, just go lay my staff on top of that boy and see if he revives. And he doesn't. And Elisha has to go back, and, and we see down in verse number 34, he goes in, and he he shuts the door there, and he lays down. The Bible says, mouth upon mouth, like, like uh, CPR, hands upon hands, and stretched himself on the child, and the child waxed warm, according to verse number 34, and he was raised up. And I don't know why the Bible confirms this in verse number 35. It says, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes just an interesting fact that was given to show that he's alive, to show that he's well. And you say, why all of that? It's not the, the man of God, but it's, it's what the man of God represents, I believe, in this passage of Scripture. As we come back in the Old Testament, understanding how God spoke to his children was directly through the man of God in their life And I believe this, that the man of God in the Old Testament always represented the presence of God and the power of God was there. And I want to encourage us today, and there's there's much that I could preach on this subject matter, but I want to encourage our families today, whether you have children or you're praying for children or you're raising your grandchildren, I would say this, make sure the desire of your heart is always to have them around the presence of God and the power of God in their lives and have confidence that there is power in the not just the man of God, the presence of God, being around there, that God is able to do that, which we would say is impossible, but yet they had confidence that, hey, it's going to be okay. Do you understand that when this husband got home later that day, can you imagine the, the account that, that the wife would tell him? Why, he's asking the question, why do you need to go see Elisha? Why do you need to go see the, the, the man of God? It's not the new moon. It's not the Sabbath. It's not a religious day for you to go. And she just said, it, it'll all be well. It shall be well. And just believing and having confidence in the power and the presence of God to be able to make a difference in the life. And let me ask you something, mothers, and I'll include fathers and grandparents, all that are here today, do we have the confidence that if we're just in the presence of God that we'll observe the power of God in our lives? Understanding there's something that's different there. It shall be well But then as soon as she got into the presence of God, I believe manifest through the the man of God, she said, it's all okay now. It's all okay. Now listen, did she know that her son was going to be raised from the dead? I don't know. Maybe she just had that confidence and just knowing. Can you imagine the confidence of Elisha to be able to say, hey, it's going to be fine. I mean, to have the confidence. He so believed the power of God, he sent his staff back there and said, okay, lay this staff upon him. I believe it that much. But for this one, he had to be present. Now listen, it wasn't a miraculous man of God, but it was just powerful power of God. That made a difference right here. But I want us to go back to this. It's, it's not the man of God here. Nothing special about Elisha except he was surrendered to the Lord. Nothing special about this boy except that he was promised of God. Nothing special about this couple except they were surrendered to the Lord to do what God had told them to do. But in all of this, it was the desire to be in the presence of God and experience the power of God. And moms, can I encourage us with this last thought today? I've always have the heart and the desire and the confidence to have your kids around the presence of God. Always have that. Never get away from that and say, well, I'd rather have them experience that and I'd rather have them experience that. Listen, I've been in some church services before that the power of God was working. Souls were being saved. Listen, people were getting right. Marriages were being put back together. Listen, I'd rather have my kids around that and experience the power of God more than I would the comeback at the baseball game. And Let them experience the power of God just knowing the presence of God is so real. And you say, well, I don't see the presence of God. I believe it's 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 manifest in the man of God here. And can I also encourage us with this? I believe you ought to desire to get your kids around great Christians that you know. Get them around them. Those people that you know that pray, know that they read their Bible, get your kids around them. Let them pray with them. Let them spend some time. We had several several years ago, it was 2006, uh, what is that? 16 years ago now, that brother Ron Garris was getting ready to pass away. And a uh, preacher had been preaching for several years at that point. He was the director of the Rock of Ages Ministries, and he was in a wheelchair. He was over at his house, and we set it up. We lived right there in the same town, and I said, can, can our family come by and be able to see brother Ron? We called Miss Judy. Say, can we come by and see brother Ron? And i say this, there wasn't anything special, just that flesh and blood that was there, but it was what he represented. He had a walk with God and had the presence of the Lord there. And we went in there, and we were able to sit there and talk with him. And I said, Brother Ron, I said, can I just ask you to do one thing? I said, can you just pray for Peter Jr. before we leave? There was an old preacher sitting in his wheelchair. And boy, Brother Peter walked over there and, I think, what was it, 2006? So Peter would have been seven. And so Peter walked over there and Brother Ron put his arm around him and he bowed his head and he started praying for him. And I'll never forget these words. He said, God, he said, may the dew of heaven fall upon him that he may reap the harvest of the earth. And I thought, you know, there's nothing special about that man, I understand. But it's it's what was manifested there. What was manifested was the power of God and knowing that when he started to pray, listen, it wasn't just the power of God, but you know that you were in the presence of God. And I thought, here's a mama that just knew I need to get the presence of God here. I need my boy around the presence of God. I need the power of God to be manifest. And listen, settle it in our hearts and lives that we know we are going to get them around the influence in our kids' lives. Listen, isn't going to be everything about Hollywood. It's not going to be the whole sports scene and professional sports, but it's going to be the power and presence of God in their lives. And let that make a difference. You say, oh, that doesn't matter as much. Boy, it sure does. It sure does. Get them around God's people. And there's just a confidence knowing it'll all be well. It'll be well. Just get them around the power of God. Raise your kids in church. And you know something? I I read this statement recently, and I'll close with this. You know, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go when he's old and not depart from it. Someone made the statement, and they said, in order to train up a child the way he should go, you need to be trained up and head in that direction too. Don't just tell the kids the direction they need to go. But mama, how about being the example of it? Oh, mama can miss church every once in a while. It doesn't matter. But you need to go with your dad and head off to church. Church. And I know that sometimes there's physical reasons and everything. I get all that, why, why some can't be in church. I understand that. But when it's just a choice not to be there, be the example of it. Be the example. Get them around the presence of God, the power of God. Get them around there exemplify that in our lives. And then let's pass that on to the next generation. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, we love you. Lord, I thought about what it was like in the life of this little boy sent back to his mom. But Lord, what confidence this mom had. If I can just get the presence of the Lord, see the power of God, it's all going to be okay. Lord, I sure pray in our hearts and lives, Lord, would let this next generation be able to know And to be able to see, just be able to experience what you've done for us. Lord, they can know your presence. May we have some mamas, may we have some daddies. That'll keep their kids in the presence of God. Be able to see the power of God. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.